Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Today I want to talk to you about one word, and here's the word, invitation. Uh, the, the reality is invitations can be incredibly powerful. In 1998, I, I had just graduated from college and I returned to St. Louis and, and God had met with me powerfully individually, but I had not yet made it to church. And uh, I, I, you know, I never thought I was going to be a church person. I thought I would just avoid church for the rest of my life. But, but someone uh, 23 years ago stuck their neck out, invited me to this little church plant called Jubilee. And uh, they invited me and then they followed up with me. Hey, did you go? No, you know, you know, they followed up with me a second time, a third time. Okay, finally, I, I went and the rest is history. Now, around the same time, uh, a 21-year-old college student named Rachel Douglas was roommates with this girl named Jody who had just had a powerful in you know, encounter with God at this church. She, she was all excited about uh, this uh, salvation experience. She was excited about Julie Church. She invites her roommate and um, she gets connected. Now, Rach and I would, would never, we didn't meet in those early days because our attendance was sporadic, but we met at this little uh, conference at the time called Mobilize for 18 to 29 year olds, uh, which by the way, is just around the corner. There's an early bird deadline uh, August 24th, and yes, this is a shameless plug for mobilizing in the middle of a message, but it is a powerful, powerful conference, and uh, you need to be there if you are in that age group, so get signed up. But anyway, so we, Rach and I, uh, my life gets changed, gets invited to Jubilee Church. Uh, she gets invited to Jubilee Church, uh, you know, on its own, life-changing, on its own, life-changing, but we meet, we get engaged, um, we get married. Um, I quit my job. I become pastor of Jubilee Church. We have three kids and we live happily ever after. Um, man, invitations can be powerful. They've had a dramatic impact on my life, Rachel's life, and now it's having a domino effect on our kids' lives. Uh, I mean, presumably on, on your life or lots of people's lives. You know, like we've been, you know, we've been leading together for these past uh, 16, 17 years. And, uh, be, you know, so if my life has had any impact on you at all, uh, hopefully good. Um, man, you go back to that invitation. And that's the humbling reality is that you and I have this ability to see the trajectory of people's lives change forever through an invitation by inviting people into something. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about an invitation, giving people an invitation and seeing how it can change your life or maybe a series of invitations. It took a series of invitations in my um, example. But I wanna talk about invitation. Well, the greatest invitation, of course, is the gospel invitation, that God creates man and woman and everything is perfect in the Garden of Eden, uh, the lion and the lamb at peace. There are no tornadoes, there are no earthquakes, death, disease, racism, uh, no pandemic. Uh, but then man, man rebels against God. Sinners, sin gets entered into the human equation, what's known as the fall. Sin's things spiraling out of control. And now all the things that we look at our world and, and, and shake our heads or cry or are grieved over, sin created, you and I created. Now, if I was God and if you were God, I mean, we would look back, like, hey, serves them right. If they don't want me, fine. They can have a life without me. But that's not the way God is. 
God is not some absentee, absentee landlord who's only interested in us if we pay the rent. He is a loving father who longs to have a family. So even with the world spinning out of control, he enters into our world. He becomes an object of suffering at our hands so that he could win us back, back into joy, back into peace, back into hope. And one of the best places that we can see this invitation back into hope and into life is in Isaiah 55. And in verse one, it says, come everyone, this is for everyone who thirsts, come to the waters and he who has no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. The narrative of scripture is this, in, is this invitation uh, to experience the goodness of God. And it has a bunch of different metaphors. And one of the metaphors is this table, this feast. And you could see this all throughout the Bible. What's, what's being talked about here today? Well, I wanna talk about what's on the menu. What is he offering? Who's invited to sit at this table? And how are they invited? Well, the first thing he, we see here in the gospel in responding to Jesus is that he offers us water, cool, refreshing water. When, when you're in the desert, when you're in the dry place, when you are dehydrated, the thing that you want most is you want water. That's why the psalmist says of God, he leads me beside still waters. He restores or refreshes my soul. One of the things that God invites you to is renewal, is restoration, is refreshment, a new beginning. Come sit at my table and be refreshed, God says. Don't clean yourself up and then come. That's impossible. Come to my table and be cleaned. I will clean you. I will restore you. I will refresh you. Come sit and drink. So there's water, there's refreshment, there's restoration, but that's not all there is. There's milk. He comes and offers us milk. Now to the Hebrew, milk wasn't a good drink or a bad drink. It was a sustaining drink. I mean, when you're thirsty and, and you're gasping for life, the thing that you want most is water, but that's not all you want. You, when you, want, you want to be strong. You want to be sustained. And, and that's what milk is for. You know, when, you, when a baby is born, we give babies milk to sustain them, to, to nourish them, to grow them. God says, I want to restore you, refresh you, but I want to make you strong. I want to make you mature. I want to make you um, uh, new and strong. And then he says, come and drink wine. So he offers us water, refreshment. He offers us milk, nourishment, strength, but he also offers us wine. Now, to the Hebrew, wine was inseparably linked to the party. There's this reality in scripture where, where if you, in the people of God in the Old Testament, particularly if you read places like Leviticus 23, where God commands them, says you must do this. You must take 50 days off, take 10% of your income and throw parties. Uh, that you are to experience joy. He wants us to know the joy of God, the celebration of God. So we want to live and not die, so there's water. We want to be strong and not weak, so there's milk. But that's not all we want, no matter how stoic we are, unemotional, laid back. There is a child inside of all of us that wants to celebrate, that wants joy, that wants to, uh, the, we, we wanna live, we, we wanna be strong, but we, that's not all we want. There, we wanna shout, we wanna sing, we wanna experience things, we, wanna, we want joy. And that's what God offers. The invitation of God 
is to be renewed, to be restored, to be refreshed, to be strong, to be nourished, and it's to have joy. Come sit at my table, receive forgiveness, receive maturity, but also celebration and joy. Okay, so, so that's what he offers. Now, now, who's invited? Well, two groups of people. The first group we see in verse one, it's those who are broke and thirsty. Maybe you've come here this morning and, and you are thirsty and you feel broken down, beat down. Um, you know, you feel like, you know, grass, brown grass in the middle of a drought. You know, it hasn't rained on you in a long time. Nothing seems to work financially, relationally. Um, you're dissatisfied. There, there is no money. There is no strength. There is no motivation. Deep within you, there's this longing for something in your life to work. Nothing seems to pan out. Well, this first invitation is to those who feel that way. Those of us who feel broke, who feel weak, who feel overcome, who feel overwhelmed even and downcast. His invitation, hey, come to my table. I know you've made a mess. Your life is a mess. And maybe you're the reason that your life is a mess. I want to I speak to something that has been hijacked is that in the church, and that is somehow God is looking for those who have it together. And if you don't have it together, you're not apart. Nothing could be further from the truth biblically. In fact, on the contrary, that's why, I mean, God was born. Jesus was born into poverty. He was born in some back alley. He was born into stress. He was born into a mess. He was born in some podunk town called Bethlehem. He, he, he was uh, so clear when he lived this earth. I have come for the sick, not for the healthy. I've come for the sinners, not the righteous. This isn't for those who just have it all together. In fact, if you read through the gospel, he, he, he seems to oppose those who think they have it together, who have all the right answers. He's frustrated with the religious. He is angry with the prideful, but he is so quick and to be patient with those who are broken, who are criminals, who are drunks, who are hookers, the outcasts. He came for the contrite in spirit, the broken, the poor, the needy. If that's you, the Lord says, hey, you're what I'm after. And, and, and so anyone who thirsts, who has no money, who has no resources, power, prestige, or pull, God is inviting you to his feast, to drink deeply of his water and be restored, to drink deeply of his milk, to be nourished and strengthened, to drink deeply of his wine, to be full of joy and celebration. So that's the first group, but there's a second group that's not so obvious. So let me unpack that a little bit. In verse two, it says, why do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for which that does not satisfy? Now in verse two, he, so in, in verse one, you've got people who have no money, but now he's talking to people who do have money, who do have wages. So these are two groups of people. So the first group, he says, okay, to the downtrodden, the broken, the overwhelmed, come to my table. Then, then there's a second invitation that goes to those who do have wages. And, and there's like a complaint. It's, it's, it's positioned a bit differently. Who do have nice homes, who, who are the pretty people, who have it together, who have prestige, who have honor. The first group of people are, are bankrupt and know it, but the second group of people aren't there Yet, they have money and they're spending. Uh, they have strength and they are working. But what is the result? It's frustration. Uh, the, the person in verse two is still spending and still working. He's still dream, dreaming, chasing, experimenting. So he tries again, a different job, a different city, a different car, a different house, a different wife, a new phone, a new boat, um, a, a new house, a, a new grill, new season tickets, a new diet, new looks. He, he keeps trying different things. 
but it still doesn't work. It didn't work the first time and it didn't work the 15th time. But there's still resources, so he keeps trying, but there's no pot at the end of the rainbow. Every victory is like a mirage. It's, it's there and then it's gone. The applaud phase, the boat is boring, the style passes. Everything new becomes old and leads to greater and greater despair. Let's be honest. When, when, you're, when you're all by yourself, you know that there's this canyon of need that, that temporarily gets, um, oh, you wouldn't use the word satisfied, but it has the appearance of satisfaction that this is what's going to make me happy. This is what's going to make me fulfilled. And the, the difficult thing for you and I is that we have the ability to keep chasing, but it doesn't lead to satisfaction. That's why God says to us, why do you spend money for bread, which is not bread, and labor for dreams that do not satisfy? So the invitation is to those who are broke and know it, and those who are broke but don't know it. It's to come and to receive from him. Man, the refreshing, restorative water. But that's not all. He's got strength throughout. You feel weak? Emotionally, mentally, physically, spirit, whatever. He, he's, got, he's got strength for you. And he's got joy. It's not just, you're not just supposed to like white knuckle it through life. He wants to fill your life with joy. Come to my table, he says. Well, that's who's invited. How are they invited? How does this all happen? Uh, who are the ones who are meant to be the link between what God offers and those who need it? Here's something that's gonna blow you away. It's you and me. I know, I know, bad plan. I don't think it's a good plan, but it's God's plan. It's all throughout the Bible. Uh, God calls us his witnesses, his ambassadors in the New Testament. But even when you go back into the Old Testament, it's always been the plan of God to work through people. You see this with Moses. He, you know, in uh, Exodus 3, he he God hears the cries of his people. He sees the hurting. He sees them in slavery. He is wrecked over it. He doesn't show up and say, hey, I'm God. Let my people go. He sends this message and his power through Moses. He says to Moses, go be me. Go to Pharaoh and tell them how strong I am. Go tell my people how much I love them and how I wanna bring them to a, to a land filled with milk and honey. I wanna restore them. This has happened with all the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all these. And then even into the New Testament, go into all the world and preach, be my witnesses. And in fact, in Luke 14, he tells a parable. He likens this to a wedding feast, much like Isaiah 55. And he says to his people, those who, who are already in, you and me, if you're a part of the church, hey, you know, go invite people. Here's a list of people, go invite them. And they come back and, and say, we've invited and there's still seats at the table. And God's like, you're not done. Go invite people until my table is full. Uh, go compel them to come in. And my brothers and sisters in our cities, uh, man, I just want us to know, like God's table still has seats to it. Uh, he said that, that all nations, that this gospel will be preached 
to, to all nations. And he, you know, in his wisdom, you know, he's waiting for us to go deliver this message because there are still people who need to hear this message. Any and everyone, we go out and invite people. We go out and invite. We are those to go out and invite. And I'm talking about this because next Sunday, August 29th, is a prime time to invite people. Uh, we always, inviting people to a Sunday morning uh, is, is always a good idea. But next week, it's going to be a particularly good idea. And here's why. In 2019, um, about a third of, oh, this is the latest Gallup poll, third, about a third, 32% to be exact, if you're one of those, um, who were attending in 2019 are not attending anything now. They're not attending in person or online. I think I, we talked about this last week. There are so many displaced Christians, not to mention the people who've never heard of Jesus or have never been a part of a church. There's so many people out there who need to be invited in. And next week, we want to make this a, a, a great opportunity to invite people who don't have a place, people who don't have a people, people who feel like they don't have a purpose. There are a lot of people out there uh, who need what God has to offer, the, the water, the milk, the wine, uh, the forgiveness, uh, the rest restoration, the refreshment, the strength, and the joy. And we are those who want to invite them. So who do we invite? We invite everyone. Friends, neighbors, coworkers, anyone, anyone. Like, there's so many people out there who, who aren't in church or maybe things are just going well in their life. We could say, hey, God has prepared something for you. And, and, and man, my, we're a part of a church. I'm a part of a church who just loves to, to invite people into uh, family, into if you don't have a people, if you don't have a place, if you don't have a purpose, God wants to invite you into his family. He wants to invite you into his purpose. Now, you may not use those words. All, what I do is, hey, you should come to my church. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. And you know what? They may not come and they may come, but man, for those who come are going to receive the life of God. They're going to experience the forgiveness. We'll talk about forgiveness. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how they can, how, how they can grow strong in the Lord and, and most importantly, to have the joy of God. This is what he offers. And he invites everyone. He invites those who are the down and outs and he invites the up and outs. He invites both. And he wants to use you to do this. And here's why you need to do this. There are two reasons. One is there are people who desperately need this. You have friends, you have neighbors, you have coworkers. Well, they, whether they reveal this to you or not, here's what I know, they need this. They need the water of God, the milk of God, and the wine of God. They need these. And God wants to use you. This is your purpose. God wants to use you to be his witness, to be his conduit, to be his ambassador, ambassador to go and to invite people in. He says, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in. And so you need to do this for you, but you also need to do this so that you can understand why we do church the way we do. If you've never invited someone and you've never had someone near you during a service, you may not understand why we do services the way we do, why we do groups, why we do uh, J kids, youth, all the things that we do makes a whole lot more sense when you have someone. Um, I, you know, I get people come up to me all the time and like they, they, uh, um, They'll, they'll say like, Brian, you know, you're like, hey, you know, I want you to know I've got my friend with me today, which is a code for like, hey, don't mess this up. Like, make sure you make sure that you talk in such a way that they feel included. 
uh, make sure, uh, you know, J-Kids is done in such a way to where like, if I bring someone with a family that, that I know and I'm gonna see them, they're neighbors, like, like they're gonna have a good experience. Um, and that's true for everything that we do. So if you don't ever, if you never, if you never see, I'll say it this way, if you never see our services or how we do what we do through the eyes of someone who doesn't belong, you may not understand why we do the things that we do. Because we do, all of what we do is to help people know God. And we wanna help people find family. We wanna help them discover their purpose and to make a difference. And so we need to see this. We don't wanna be like the older brother. You know what, you know, like there's that parable of the, of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son, he, you know, he's got an older son and a younger son. The younger son goes out and spends all of his money on sex, drug, and rock and roll. And then he comes back and he comes full of humility and shame. And God, and God, well, presumably, you know, in the story, God, but in the, in the story of the father restores him back and puts on the ring and throws a party, but he's got an older brother who's, who's like complaining about all the wrong things. And sometimes that can creep in. When, we, when, when we're not in this, when we're not those who invite, when we're not those who get in on inviting people to the table who, who love to see younger brothers return to the fold, we'll be like the older brother and get grumpy. And there's a lot of grumpy Christians to be quite frank in American churches, but we don't wanna be that. We wanna be those who are like, we see the younger brother coming and we run with the father to the younger brother and say, come, you're included, you're invited. There are seats at the table for you. So how do you apply this? Well, first of all, if you've never received the invitation to come to the table, hey, today's your day. Don't wait another moment. And in fact, I just wanna, I'm gonna pray for you here in a second that you can receive him. You could receive the refreshment, the refreshing water that he offers, the sustaining, nourishing, strengthening milk that he offers and the joyful wine that he offers. He offers them to you without price, not without cost, but without price to you. The cost was his son. He, uh, Jesus went to the cross to pay for your sin so that you could have his righteousness. It is a free gift. It is a free gift. What he offers you is a free gift. And he paid the cross, paid the cost. You just need to receive. You just need to say, yes, I received this. And for those who have received this, let's go invite. Let's go do this. Let's go invite as many people as we possibly can next week. If you're in one of our in-person services, there are invitations um, that are available to you. Uh, if you're watching online, just, you know, there, you can just send them a link or send them a text and invite as many people as you possibly can. And we hope uh, to fill our locations um, next week and uh, be a great opportunity to invite. But if you've never received the invitation of God, I just wanna pray for you right now and you can receive this. All you have to do is say, I have been a, a terrible leader of my life. I've tried to lead, I've, I've thought that I could get my own refreshment, my own strength, my own joy, but all of my attempts have come to nothing. And now I, I, I wanna receive what you have to offer. If, if you're at that place, I believe that God gives that to you and he wants to give it to you. And I just wanna pray for you. God, I just thank you that your invitation goes out to all people. The only thing that we need to be is thirsty. And I pray for those who are thirsty, who wanna receive from you today. I pray you give them uh, the gift of salvation as you promised to do and the gift of your Holy Spirit to help them live out this new life. In your name, amen.